0: Hey guys, welcome again to the Midweek Podcast slash two-person sermon.
1: Two-person sermon, here we go. Yeah. I'm ready if you're ready, Zach.
0: Oh, I'm more ready than I've ever been at any point in my life. Casey, the backwards cap for the third week in a row, and you, just before we started, the hat was the other way around. So I feel like you're just doing it out of principle, the backwards cap thing.
1: It. it yes, my mother says that she doesn't like it, so I'm wearing it backwards to be Despite rebellious. your mother?
0: Yes. Even That's so it, mean. Why? I'm 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 a grown man. Your mom's probably such a sweet person too. She is. She's she a lives down in person. Florida. She is. She does. Staying away from the COVID.
1: Yes, definitely. On her fifteen acres of nothingness. She does she is. watch this
0: YouTube she does. Podcast? Shout out to mom. Mom, I love oh, you. Okay, hey, what's you. her name? What's her name? Vicky. Hey Ms. Vicky, Casey's mom. I'm Zach. We've never met before. So, no, no, yeah. no. She can't respond because we're only looking at a camera. So true, I don't know why true. I'm doing hey, that. Hey mom, love you, miss you. Casey, you should turn your hat around for your mom. Right now. Right now. That was for you, Ms. Vicky. I hope that I hope that you appreciate it. And know that Zach, me, I'm keeping your son in line, even though you're a little bit older than me. <sighs> Actually, Casey, people oh. can't see your face. Turn your hat back around. Thanks. Thanks. thanks, <laughs> you're, wearing, thanks you, you're wearing it like they did in like the late 2000s where your hat's coming all the way down to like your nose. What's wrong with that? I don't know. We need to get into it. Let's hey, do it. we thought that this week would be a great time for a Q&A, <clears throat> and we asked for some deep theological questions, but this is the one we got. Are you ready for it, Casey? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So there's these things called chicken nuggets. It's true. They're made by killing chickens. Yeah. In case you didn't know that, spoiler. But the question is, Casey, if I were to have one chicken, how many nugs would that chicken produce? How many nugs could I get out of one particular chicken if I were to swa- slaughter it and make it into chicken nugs?
1: I I think that the question has to have some qualifiers. Okay. What quality of meat are we going? for? We're definitely
0: talking about McDonald's here. Like they're chopping up the beaks and they're probably using the feet all up in the all up in the stuff. So the bologna of chicken. The yeah, I guess when you say it like that, it's yeah, the McDonald's quality bologna style chicken. But there's still some real chicken in there. How many nugs, How many chicken McNuggets could I get out of one chicken?
1: I I'm struggling with this question because yeah. I. I'll, I'll say like
0: three hundred. Hmm, that would be a good guess. Am I supposed to know the answer to this? Yes. I re- I don't I don't know the answer, Casey. I thought that you knew the answer. We didn't set this up very well.
1: <laughs> it we did Google this before the show because there was some d- large debate, heated debate on how many nugs are in the average American eighteen pound chicken. And let's it, stop
0: pretending that we didn't google it before. You know the answer. 510. 510 nugs Chicken nugs. So if you can get a 20 piece for $20, I mean quick math tells you you could I mean one chicken <laughs> one chicken should really yield a lot more than you pay for it. It's true. We're in true. the wrong we're definitely in the wrong business. We need to get in the nugget business. Well the No, no, no. We need no? to get in the chicken business, which would then prompt us into the nugget business. What will we call our chicken business? Uh I don't know. Quack, quack. No, 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 no. Gobble quack, gobble. Quack. No, that's turkey. Nugs what is the chicken business? Cluck cluck. Cluck cluck.
1: Oh, okay. wait. Name Casey. our chicken pit business for this podcast. Name the chicken business that Zach and I would enter into. Submit your names, and uh
0: we'll vote and we'll pick a winner next week. So go ahead and put <laughs> that in the comment line. There's gotta be something with Cluck, Casey Whoa. Something. Yeah, watch it. Why does hey, my on. name That's get what into I'm saying. It. Uh, let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on. Cause Revelation she can say 11. Cluck. Revelation chapter 11. So Casey. Take it away. What's going on here? We
1: got the two witnesses. This is probably one of the most confusing chapters in the Book of Revelation, Zach. And so a lot of people have a lot of questions as to who are the two witnesses, what are they doing, why are they um, breathing fire, and, and things of that nature. Uh, and so as we we jump into this chapter, one of the things that we have to realize is this is in the context of the Greater Book of Revelation, and that Chapter Ten gives us a great little insight at the tail end into why chapter 11 is here and so i want to read uh revelation 10 verse 11 john says then i was told you must prophesy again about many peoples nations languages and kings and so that little word again means that john doesn't get any time off here we go again and so as john begins to write again he is basically starting the prophecy again Reiterating that repentance is necessary for the world. And so mm-hmm. as we jump into the two witnesses, this is before the seventh trumpet, which is pretty cool. And we've had the small book, the little book, you remember that mm-hmm. last scroll, th- or two weeks ago, little scroll, and now the two witnesses. And so the word has come and God has spoken through the little book about redemption, reconciliation. And again, here with the two witnesses, he sends two prophets. If you want to say they're literal, Great. If you want to say that this is a representation of witnessing from the church, fantastic. Either way, God is sending uh, his people, his community, his body, his two witnesses out to preach his word. And so Mm. that's what's taking place here in chapter 11. These witnesses come and bear the fruit of the gospel.
0: Cool. And we're reading out of the new, new international version. We're going to start with verses one through three. Sure. And just kind of see what's going on. All right, let's jump. I'm excited. So just to be clear, if you've been confused up to this point, you're saying it's not looking good for chapter 11. because No, it's,
1: not at all. You yeah. may be more confused than when you started. So if you want to pause and read and reflect and then come back, do it now.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited. I like being confused sometimes. It's great. Because it's, it's like trying to get out of a maze. We can do it. I don't know. I have faith in you. I don't know. I thought that was going to be better when I said it. All right. Revelation chapter 11, New new International Version. I can't say that. Uh, Starting in verse one, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshipers, but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it, because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months, and I will appoint my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. What's sackcloth?
1: It's like burlap. It's really uncomfortable. Uh. Don't ever get sackcloth underwear. Have you? No. Would never buy it. Could you even
0: do that, or do you have to make that yourself? Probably somebody has it. Yeah. There, it seems to serve no functional purpose, but maybe I guess if you're like a purist who's like, we can only wear what's in the Bible. Calvin Klein's new line. <laughs> Sackcloth <laughs> underwear. Just, just Don't to... let it rub you the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's going on in verse one to three? We need to move on from this topic right now. I'm starting hey, to imagine it. Calvin, give us a sponsor. Is Calvin an actual person? Yes. Really? Yeah, definitely. I don't think so. I think it's just the name of the brand. No a person. All right, tell us what's going on in one to three, and I'm going to Google that while you're, uh, while okay. you're telling. Okay,
1: one to three is basically uh, John is measuring the temple, and so uh, as he's been instructed, and this is the idea of completeness, and really the temple here is representing the community of Christ, the community of faith, the church at this time, and so he's saying the church is complete, it's whole, it's been measured, it's where it needs to be for the two witnesses to come out of that, or the witness to come out of that, and so as you see here, he is he is basically giving the launch pad for the two witnesses. The church is ready to go, and the two witnesses come out of the church. So these two witnesses are commissioned, really, if you will, out of the church. They've been prepared, they're ready to go, and here they come. And so the launch pad is cleared for takeoff, and the two witnesses come out of this Christian community here in chapter 11. Okay, so these two witnesses... Remind us again, are who? They are, most people think they are uh, Moses and Elijah. The reason that we come to that conclusion is because those are the two uh, witnesses, if you will, that are uh, with Christ at the Mount of Transfiguration that Peter, James, and John uh, view in the Gospels. We have that Mm -hmm. account, and that's where most scholars get that is that it would be these two again. All right, Uh, Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets. Hmm. And so that's where we get this idea of these two witnesses and those being them. And so if you take it not to be a literal person of Mm -hmm. Moses and actually Elijah, but representing the law and the prophets, which is more than likely the case, the law would be what causes us to basically commune with reality. The law gives us parameters Mm -hmm. Um, inside creation, whereas um, the prophet Elijah represented there gives us the destiny where the prophecy is going. And so basically it's this boiled down to a nutshell. It is, this is how you shall live. Mm -hmm. Now go live it. So Moses is, this is how you shall live in creation. Mm -hmm. And Elijah is, now go live it. No, Now go live out the word of God. That's what prophecy was always about, is go live out what
0: you know to be true. Yeah. Do you think it also is an indicator that there are two witnesses, and this is, uh, you know, revelation of Christ. Do you think that if it's representative of the law, Moses, and sure. Elijah's representative of the prophets, could it also kind of indicate the law, both law and the prophets testify Yes, to who Jesus Christ is. Exactly. So they're one in each other. They're kind of they're the same. Exactly. So, what is the purpose of these two witnesses? Like, what are they? What exactly? Um, what do you, what kind of role do they play? I don't really know. If are we you saw that in are the you asking me what
1: witnesses do, Zach? Yes, Casey. Witnesses, witness boom. (laughs) And that's exactly what they're doing. They're bearing witness, like you just said, Mm -hmm. because of the representation of the law and the prophets, they're bearing witness of Christ. Uh, I think it's interesting that when you look at the Mount of Transfiguration and you look at James and John and Peter and what happens to them, they see Elijah and Moses with Christ there. They kind of freak out a little bit, ask if they need to build shelters for them all. Jesus says no. And then he says, do not repeat this until I have risen from the dead. Yeah. In doing so, what he is saying is now this will make sense. And so they are able yeah. to no longer see the witnesses of the law and the prophets, Elijah and Moses. Now Peter, James, and John are the witnesses, <laughs> just as we are are the witnesses bearing witness of the law and the prophets and the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so what was once theirs, what was once John's, he is passing on to the church and to us. And he is telling us that here in this text, that we are to
0: live it out
1: as it has been taught to us.
0: Okay, so this isn't necessarily... Let, let me pause for a minute. This I I know people are sitting there and kind of being confused because I'm sitting here and kind of being confused right now. So when we read the Bible, there's two different types of like text that we can read. There's descriptive where it's kind of describing something that happened. And we just take that as a, oh, this is something that happened in history, not necessarily something that's descriptive to us happening. So, and there's prescriptive where it's like commands that you read in Paul's letters, like do right. this, this, and this. What is... What is this? Like it's describing something, but there's obviously some type of application for us. Yes. Yeah. And and it, it, so when we read about the two witnesses, which we perceive to be Moses and Elijah. Yeah. It's also talking about us. Yes. In a sense, as the two witnesses. Descriptive and prescriptive at the exact
1: same time. It's saying, look at the example that has been given to you and how you have been taught and what you have been taught, and then bear witness in the coming days of Christ, just as John is bearing witness of what he saw and what he has seen in heaven. We are to bear witness to what we know to be truth and what we believe to be coming true.
0: So will there be, this is probably getting, I might be stepping on what you're going to say later, or I might just be getting way off. Is there actually going to be, Two witnesses, or is there that are Elijah and Moses, or is this more of something that is a text to remind us that we should be witnessing and testifying of the law and prophets about Christ?
1: Yes. Possibly two witnesses walking around Mm -hmm. in the year 2025, 2027, who knows, 2049, Mm 2152, who knows. Uh, But one thing we do know is that we, through the Great Commission, are called to bear witness. Mm -hmm. And we do that through, really honestly, through the law and the prophets and the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so as we are sitting here amidst this crisis... It is for us to ask ourselves, are we coming out of the crisis commissioned to bear witness? Are we making the most of this opportunity, this time that Christ has given us as he has really paused the world Mm -hmm. through a a small virus? Are we coming out of COVID commissioned because guess what will come out of this? It will come out of this. There will be a lot of chaos in people's minds and people's Mm. hearts and in people's lives. And it is for us as followers of Christ to crush the chaos Mm. with Christ as we come out commissioned, really better off hopefully in our spirit, in Mm. our mind, in our relationship with the Lord, the relationship Mm. with our family, Mm. the relationship with our Christian community. That is what we should come out of. That we should come out of this crisis, come out of revelation. Revelation 10, 9, 8,
0: 7, 6, 5, and 4 better than when we entered in. I'm just, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody in the first century who would be reading this and and wondering, like, if they read this, would they be thinking, hey, these two witnesses are coming as two actual, actual people soon? Like if you're sitting in the persecuted church or they read this and take application from it and be like, well, almost like it's not a dream interpretation, but almost like a, hey, this is what's happening. So this is how we should respond to it. It's probably both and, like we're both.
1: I would think that, you know, if if John is there and he's writing this, um, probably that first century church is probably thinking Elijah Mm -hmm. and Moses actually coming back because the Mount of Transfiguration would not have been too far Mm -hmm. back in history. Whereas we don't have necessarily Mm -hmm. an eyewitness walking around with us of the Mount of Transfiguration. So for us, it is a little bit more difficult to think, uh, would Elijah and Moses appear on this earth, say, you know, in Kansas and, and be walking around uh, spitting fire yeah. and putting out plagues on people? Could it happen? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. That's how God chooses yeah. to see it go down. But more than likely for us, it is definitely a call to be witnesses coming out of the community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good. Out of the that, that gives me a better idea, I think, of who of, of not only who the witnesses are, but the our implications from learning about who they are on our lives today. Well, we're trying to get through 13 verses of text here. That was one through three. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to read four through 13. You just kind of want to give us an idea of, of what's going on and how the two, two sections are separated there.
1: Yeah, basically, the two witnesses appear, and then in verse uh, seven, uh, or Uh, and following they kind of disappear and so when they come on the scene um they're spitting fire and plagues and um, prophesying left and right and then basically uh the beast comes up from the abyss in verse 7 attacks them overpowers them and kills them their bodies lie on the street um and they are humiliated, and then after that, they, uh, they rise from the dead, they get up, and they start walking, and then God says, hey guys, come up here, and they disappear again. Uh, and so that's uh, that's why we think uh, transfiguration. That's yeah. why we think Moses and Elijah's because um, they basically appear and disappear in the same way. Hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of where we get that from, where most scholars get that from. Uh, and then you get into uh, the idea that. Um, these guys mean business, that um, their life is uh, taken from them, but only because they give it. Yeah. Okay. And so you see that in the text. And then these guys, um, they they don't stay down long. Uh, they stay down the three and a half days, and then they rise, and they're ready to do business again. And so for us, when I read this text, it is challenging because I I don't think that I've thought about coming out of the COVID ready to witness and bear witness to what Mm. God has done and done in my life Mm. during this time of really intense isolation, Mm -hmm. more so than probably any of us have ever experienced Mm. this intense um, isolation from Christian community, a lot of online community, but, um, you know, if 90% of communication is body language, Mm. um, We're pretty low right now.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: really. And I'm tired of elbow bumping people. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. If you you see
0: people at all. Yeah, yeah. So what? So for our context right now, you know, if you're saying this text is an encouragement to us to be witnesses ourselves and to testify ourselves, how would you recommend that we do that right now? Do we wait? Do we wait to witness until the the COVID's over? Like, what, is, what does it mean for us to, to apply whatever we just read today?
1: I think it really needs to be a, a next moment up mentality that mm-hmm. you would take advantage of any and every opportunity that Christ would present to you. And so if you have a Zoom call that you're on and you have an opportunity to bear witness to the name of Christ you need to do so mm-hmm. if uh, if you meet a stranger and, uh, you know, if you have any interaction, we are so starved for interaction at this point. I see more people talking at the gas pumps mm-hmm. than ever before. People are are very hospitable to you in the grocery yep. store. They don't necessarily run from you. They're just wanting any type of human interaction. Mm-hmm. People are starved for communication. And so when people ask you, you know, what are you doing here? How's it going? I think we should let them know that the hope that we have that got us through Super (laughs) 1 is Jesus Christ. Uh, My cashier today, she told me as I was checking out with my lunchtime groceries, she said, hey, have a blessed day. And I said, you go with the peace of God. Hmm. And she goes, thank you so much. I said, thank you for being here and serving our community through being a cashier.
0: It's we're starved right now. Yeah. I think also just I think witnessing implies explicitly sharing who Christ is. And that's seen in the text like you said we saw the representative of the the law and the representative of the prophets so that indi- indicates testifying with something specific like actual actual physical things and for us that means actual actually sharing the gospel with words. But I think witnessing, especially during a uh, crisis pandemic, um, it also means testifying with the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we live our life, and if others can see Christ in us um, through times like this. And I think a a big thing for that, when some type of when some type of uh, event crisis strikes, is you know where are you where are you turning to? Um, oh yeah. And and where are you finding your satisfaction in? How are you? It, like we're not told that we're not gonna have anxiety. We're not told that we're not gonna have worries. We're not told that we're not gonna have problems. But it's addressing those. And how are we? How are we? Are we actively turning to Christ? And can people? See that with the way that we're handling our issues. Are we interacting with our friends in such oh, yeah. a way? Like where are we pointing them to in our in in, in our conversations? Sure. That doesn't mean you have to be weird. You know, <laughs> hey, I've got. I'm every single time I'm responding to you with a Bible verse, right? Uh, kind of thing. But just the way that we conduct ourselves and where we point other people to, I, I think that. I mean, maybe you agree with this right now. There's no direction in people's life. We have no idea when this is going to end. We have no idea what our day to day is going to look like a month from now. I don't know when at any other point in my life, I've been able to say what, I don't know what my life is going to look like in two weeks. I don't know if it's going to look like me going into an office. I don't know if things go back to normal. I don't know if things get worse. So the opportunity to point people in the right direction has never been more prevalent. Very true. Than, than now. And so I think that this text is a, is a really timely reminder because this is apparently happening during time. I mean, this is happening amidst the trumpets, yes. correct? So this is happening during this crazy is the time. Second, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, what is it? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> is it, if you're, do you know I how to do that dance? I know. It's, whoa. A lot of times people throw it up and they catch it and go, whoa. It's almost like it's a surf. Anyway. And Danny does that a lot. Danny Danny Medbeck. I think think he does that. Danny thinks he's cool. He's probably not watching this.
1: Danny, if you're watching this,
0: give us a woe. You have a good Twitter page, too. Anyway, it's happening in the context of these crazy things happening where people need to be pointed in the right direction. Ultimately, we're going to see not everybody's going to be pointed in the right direction. True. So we can know that that's true. But it's also—it's very applicable right now because they— come in the midst of trying circumstances and testify to who Christ is. And that's where we stand today as God's people. It's just, we're going to have to get creative in how we, how we do it and use discernment in those things. Cause it's not, it, there is no, you know, person to person evangelism or person to person interaction as it has been in the past. But like you said, it, it can be done. It's just, it's just going to be in different ways.
1: But it needs to be done. Yep. And that's where the text leaves us is it must be done. Yeah. And so coming out of the COVID, it is our prayer Mm -hmm. that you would come out commissioned and ready to witness. Mm. That's the point for you to ponder is, what are you doing with the time that you've been given? Are you prepared to come out commissioned? The point to practice is, hey, man, witness, bear witness to who Christ is and what he has done in your life to all those you encounter, pick somebody's name out right now. And before the end of the day, bear witness to them as to who Christ is and what he has done in your life. Thanks
0: for listening. I'm going to go do some more research on the chicken business that we might go into. Uh, It could be a good side income source. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking our side hustle will be the Nug Business. The Nug Business, which we still need a name for. So please yes. submit a name for Casey and I's Chicken Nugget Empire that we're about to start. Look out, Tyson. Wait, what Here about we just come. Casey, Zach and Casey's Chicken Nugget Empire? That's a long name. Would that be ink? Are we going to incorporate that? I don't know. I don't know. But I can go for some Chicken Nugs and some LaCroix right now.
1: Word. I think I'm
0: going to go home, eat it, dip it in some honey mustard. Hey, we hope that during this quarantine... You're not finding yourself without chicken nuggets. It's true.
1: Get some nugs, kick back, relax, and listen to this podcast again.
0: Why would they listen to it again?
1: Because it's always better the second time. You're
0: right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Good word. I shouldn't have even, I, sh- I shouldn't have it's come back better, at
1: that. Especially if you're three nugs to the win.
0: Or 20. <laughs> We're, I'm going to, let's, let's end this thing right now. Guys, thanks for listening. Casey, any final words? We're out.